Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you for joining us for Everything Under the Sun, the AccuWeather podcast for this week. I'm your host, meteorologist Regina Miller. I'm joined in the studio by Ken Prell and Andy Robb. And how are you liking this winter so far, guys? I've had enough. Well, it's not even winter. <laughs> I you know, know. I, I didn't even ask the question appropriately. I'm throwing in the towel. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I didn't even ask the question appropriately because it feels like we're already in like the dead of winter. But uh, for this week's episode, we are going to be talking to Brian Weimer meteorologist here at AccuWeather, and he has some tweaks to the long-range forecast. And uh, back when Paul Pastelock was in here giving us the long-range winter forecast, and uh, that was episode 24. It was with the New York Yankees show. It was the same day that he was dressed up like (laughs) 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 or the kids from the Sandlot because he was so excited because his team was in the uh, the uh, playoffs. The Yankees were in the playoffs. Um, So you can always go back and check out that episode. But even when we did that episode, uh, Paul was saying there was some really crazy things in the early season that we're going to get be tough to get a handle on. And we've seen them. We've seen them. <laughs> so there's some tweaks to that that Brian Weimer is going to be talking to us about because they have made some changes. So we had this um, early season snow because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not even in winter, before Thanksgiving. And so I was at home and I was like, when was the last time we had this much snow before Thanksgiving? We had 10 inches at my house. Yeah, it was about a foot near my house. Yeah, yeah, right. about 10, 11, give or take, around my place as well. Yeah. Right. So we're out there shoveling. We didn't even have all the leaves cleaned up from the fall. Mm. And then we're out shoveling snow. And, <laughs> yep. and, you know, so I went up and st- started talking to the guys upstairs on the floor because I wanted to find out when's the last time, like here locally, because I mean, it affected all the Northeast. I mean, you saw what happened in New York and everything. Oh, with yeah. The traffic just backed up, got hit yeah. hard with the snow there. So I, I went up to talk to the guys on the floor and I was like, when is the last time we saw that significant a snow before Thanksgiving? Because it's weird. And they told me it was back in 1995. We got about 17 inches in central Pennsylvania, but there was a lot of places in the Northeast that got some heavy snow that year. So when they said that, I was like, okay, so 1995. So then I asked that, that brings up the question. So when was the last, yeah, how uh, was like, the rest what, of that what winter? was that winter yeah, like, right. you know? And so they were all like, you hear a bunch of groans on the floor. As soon as I said <laughs> oh, that, they're no. like, oh, that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, please don't tell me. And they said that year in State College, there was 95 inches of snow. Oh. So it was a huge uh, snow event. Well, numerous snow events yeah. for that season. So I said, uh, is, do you think that's indicative of this year? And they said, you know, it, it could be. That was also the same year there was the major flooding in the northeast where the snow, there was like three feet of snow. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
that like melted overnight and so so that was the last year that we had snow well, like that i'm going home and just hiding under my blankets till spring <laughs> yeah so, uh, i'll see you in the spring <laughs> right but you have to get out there and shovel your sidewalks <laughs> no, you know no, what no, i mean no, there's, there's ordinances for nope. that so so anyway stick with us because we are going to be uh, getting an update on the winter forecast with brian weimer from Mackey Weathers, Global Headquarters, and State College, Pennsylvania, it's everything under the sun. Here's your host, Regina Miller. Well, I'm joined in the studio now by Brian Weimer, our meteorologist here at AccuWeather. And Brian, you have sat down with me because you're going to give me an update to the winter forecast. So thanks for joining me. Thank you, Regina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope you're giving me some good... <laughs> It's the season of wishes, so I'm yeah, kind well, of hoping that you're giving me some good news. Maybe uh, not so much cold and wintry weather in the Northeast. It depends what you're looking for. Some people are looking for snow. Some people are not. So, right. Uh, but it does look like parts of the Northeast, not so much the true Northeast, is going to be real snowy, but the Mid-Atlantic and perhaps eastern and northern New England oh, okay. will turn out to be pretty snowy. Oh, wow. You know, we have a, um, whenever I knew I was going to be sitting down talking to you about some updates, I went back and I checked out our, our episode 24 is when we had Paul Pestalock, who was in here, and he was telling us about the early seasons tough to get a handle on. I'm going to play that right now, and then I kind of want to talk to you about that. The forecast models are all over the place, but it's more in the beginning of the season they're all over the place. Oh. That's what's nerve-wracking, oh, okay. because you have no base to start. Although they all kind of come to consensus later in the winter. Now, I thought, you know, when Paul was talking about that and I went back to listen to it, has it been tough to kind of get a handle on this early season? Uh, somewhat, yes. And it has turned out so far in November, and we're concerned it's going to be in December, a little bit colder than what the thinking was a month or two ago. Uh, certainly, it's been uh, cold weather the last couple of weeks in the, in the east, and that's still continuing as we talk today. And it looks like there will be trending a little bit milder as we head into December, but not as mild as what we thought a couple uh, weeks ago or a month or two ago. Okay. Now, is there, um, like, some of these changes, is it kind of like positive or negative feedback that is kind of influencing how things are changing going forward now for the rest of the winter? Uh, yes. Part of what's happened so far and why it's turned colder than what we thought it might or this early in the season is there was a, a fair amount of snow cover in central and southern Canada uh, early in the season, and that's helped to uh, have colder air push farther south with the, the snow cover a little bit uh, more extensive than what thought it might be. So if you have to say specifically, you know, what the changes from the forecast uh, in episode 24 would be, uh, what, what are some of your specifics? Uh, aside from, like I mentioned, slightly colder at the beginning of the season, we think the above normal snowfall that we had predicted from southern Appalachians down into the southern state still looks good. And we're concerned that that may extend a little bit farther northward as well across the uh, mid-Atlantic and parts of New England. So we were pretty confident before, and we still continue to think that Washington, D.C., for example, is going to have a snowy winter by their standards, at least maybe double their normal snowfall, which is only averaging 15 inches. Uh, but even as we go up through Philadelphia, New York, Boston, before we thought they were going to be near normal. Now we're concerned it's going to be a little bit above normal or thinking it might be a little bit above normal. And the reason being, we're expecting an active storm track across the southern part of the country, which goes along with an El Nino winter. And the concern from before, and we're becoming even more concerned, that a couple of those storms turn the corner and come up the east coast. And that's how the, uh, the oh. northeast can get their big storms. And as you head, especially the mid-Atlantic and southward, you get one or two good storms, and you're going to get normal or even a little bit above normal because their normals aren't all that high. I it's see. different as you head into New England where their average 
snowfall is definitely more uh, right. so you have to have more frequent storm events for uh for them to get above normal for the season okay now are there any other areas of the country that you're expecting uh changes from kind of what what you looked at previously with the uh, first release in october not significantly uh it still looks like drier than normal in the western great lakes and down through the central plain states and still expecting somewhat of a wet winter in uh, parts of northern california and oregon which was uh in the original forecast. And I think in the original forecast, uh, we had talked about extremely dry in Southern California that they might not get into that moisture and so kind of still looking that way, unfortunately for them, because I'm sure they could use it. Right, they could definitely use the rain. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't look like they'll be above normal in Southern California as much as Central and Northern California. So yeah, they may still, unfortunately, have uh, the drier side of the winter this year. Okay, thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Sure, you're welcome. And you can stay on top of everything winter throws your way by downloading the AccuWeather app, the free AccuWeather app today, and also by checking out AccuWeather.com. Right. It comes in pretty handy. And you know what? We are entering uh, meteorological winter on December 1st. Oh, we're not there already? No. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it. fooled me. It yes. feels like we've been there for three months, but we actually are not there. And so, uh, pop quiz, do you guys know the difference between meteorological winter and uh, astronomical winter? I do not. See, I just do this so I can make myself feel smarter. Yeah. I, Andy, what's your answer? I, uh... Bump. I, <laughs> I, I do, but I'm going to let you say it. Oh, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> no, okay. I don't. Uh, yeah, why didn't I think of that? No, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, what is it? Well, okay, so a meteorological winter is December 1st to the end of February. It's the coldest three-month period of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. So that's kind of what we look at. But uh, astronomical winter is like the shortest day of the year. And so that's usually December 21st, December 22nd. Although it felt like at the end of October (laughs) that we had already entered it. So it has been so cold and and like Brian was saying, but we're going to be looking at like being safe driving in some of these winter mm-hmm. conditions. And I wanted to start by asking you both, what like do you, what was your worst driving situation? Like two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> so, because well, it was no. pretty crazy I, a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah. When, you know, up here in State College at the AccuWeather uh, Global Headquarters, uh, it was, you know, coming down at about an inch an hour. And by the time I, I left the office for the day, my car got stuck like, three times i think on my oh. way home and you only live like th- five minutes yeah. away from here <laughs> i like less than 10 Andy minutes just away is trudging through he's, he's like bundled up like nanook of the north uh, luckily I, there were some people i got stuck in a neighborhood and there were some people that that <laughs> so could Andy, and not your neighborhood so, yeah, just so a people neighborhood. brought him in gave him some hot chocolate you know that was actually a possibility said, can we keep him mom can we keep him yeah the, uh, the neighborhood wasn't plowed yet and they were like you know you might have to wait and i was going to but Luckily, some people pushed me out, and I made my way. It, recent memory. That's that yeah. one wasn't fun. Yeah, you know? that's really recent. What about you, Ken? I I always get stuck in the same place. I have a little road that goes up to my house, mm-hmm. and if it's not plowed, forget about it. My car's not making it making it up oh, there. Oh, okay. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I had to have the same thing. Are uh, you guys people. both in two wheel drive? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, see, uh, we're going to be talking to Mike Clitheroe, and he works for the local Honda dealership. He's in charge of service here. And we were talking about, like, the difference between two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. But one of my uh, situations, well, the worst situation I was ever in was whiteout. Completely. Now, people say whiteout. That's scary. It is really bad. So the worst situation I was ever in 
it actually looked like somebody dumped white paint on every window. So literally all you could see was the interior of your car. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, one of the tips that I learned at that point in time, because I overcorrected because it freaked me out and I ended up running off the road. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, it was just in somebody's yard. But um, so one of the things I learned is you don't overcorrect. You hold the wheel steady and just try to come to a stop. Mm -hmm. um, but you also, we've had some whiteouts here that have been really bad mm -hmm. recently. And you do not want to stop along the roadway if you're noticing whiteouts because you may be the first in a pileup yep. because somebody doesn't see you. So you definitely want to get off the road, off the highway. But the other thing that um, Mike mentions coming up but that uh, I noticed was having a four-wheel drive. I was fishtailing about uh, about five years ago in the snow, and I was like, I'm in a four-wheel drive, so I went yeah, home. Yeah, I never heard of that happening. <laughs> I haven't either, so I went home. I'm like, these are supposed to go through everything, and I've always had four-wheel drives. I go home and talk to my husband, and he's like, oh, it's your driving. I was like, it, it is not my driving. <laughs> I have been driving for 30 years in the snow, and I was like, it is not my driving. So sure enough, it was the tires wasn't my driving <laughs> so so now we are joined in the studio by mike clitheroe and megan clitheroe his wife who just happens to work here at accuweather so thanks for joining us today mike thank you for having me well we're glad that you can be in here to talk to us a little bit about having uh like for me my car uh is totally unprepared <laughs> so at this point i need to know what i got to do to to winterize it because actually when you think about it as we're sitting down here today we have whiteouts in the Northeast already, and we're only in November. And normally this is something we see in January. So the weather's gotten really miserable, really fast. So what are some things that people should do? Like what parts of their vehicle, I'll ask you Mike first, uh, should people check to make sure that they're okay and winterize and they're ready to go for this time of year? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are overlooked. Uh, you know, if you think about your wiper blades, you just spent the entire summer out there baking in 90 degree heat. Um, or this summer, a lot of exercise with all the rain we had. When we get into the snow and the cold and things, the, the wipers really go through a lot of hard um, work. And the you gotta check the rubber blades, make sure that they're not frayed or torn. Uh, check the linkages, make sure that there's no play. You just pull the wiper arm a little bit. Uh, when they're moving heavy snow, it really puts a lot of strain on them. So worst thing, going down the highway, you may lose your wiper and that's gonna make visibility impossible. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what, I didn't think about it because uh, do they melt a little, like do they kind of over the summer kind of just not melt, but like kind of just break down the rubber? Yeah, the rubber gets UV damage. Oh, and okay. And it, it becomes uh, a very uh, a brittle rubber. It doesn't have the flexibility it needs to go back and forth on the on the windshield wiper, or on the windshield. And then as the uh, this cold weather gets to it, it makes that even harder and eventually will start to tear away. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And then I'm also one of those people who you're not supposed to do this, but like, so you get some snow and there might be a, you know, you're <laughs> laughing already, Mike, because you I, know what I I'm know talking about. Going. Don't you know where I'm, yeah. this is going? <laughs> so I will turn on the wipers and then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, and it's not moving at all. And then you're like, oh, I just broke off the rubber yeah. off the wiper. So I have done that before. You see that often. Yeah, right. They're not snow brooms and they're not ice scrapers. <laughs> right. They're not snow brooms. <laughs> so like in your house, like, do you, Megan, do you stock the car or do you kind of let Mike do that? Because you, you said that you were kind of pretty handy with vehicles before you got married, right? I, I was. Growing up, um, my dad taught me well. Um, I had mentioned to you, you know, changing tires, even working, I think, with my brother to, to change a starter. You know, I knew my way around a car. 
That's um, pretty good. But, however, once I got married, <laughs> now I let him do all of that. So, um, he is my ice scraper. He's my snow broom. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. He takes care of making sure that we have the vehicles all prepped for the wintertime. Right. So. That's awesome. See, so when I, when I was growing up, my dad, I, like, and I didn't even know this was a problem until warm weather came. He would put a piece of cardboard in the front of the car hmm. to, like, block the wind. Like, I guess he had knocked the center of the thermostat out. I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> so you, yeah. you, right. so I always had one of those cars. It yeah. was I was the youngest of six kids, so it was the hand-me-down vehicle. Yeah. So then the car would overheat once warm weather came because, you know. You got to take that pizza box out. <laughs> you got, I know. I was like, <laughs> I actually stopped on my way home from college and mechanic because yeah. the car was overheating. And he was like, have you seen this? Pulls out this big piece of cardboard. <laughs> So, so that's what I grew up with. So I'm going to take all the tips I can from you. So, Mike, what else should you what what should you have in your car ready for like a safety kit? You never know what you're going to encounter when you're out on the road. The, the highway could get shut down. You could be stuck in traffic for many hours. Um, We've so, seen that on like the turnpike last year. Yeah, it, yeah. Black ice car pile up. You'll, you'll be stuck, and if you're you're beyond an exit, you can't you can't go back to change your route. You're just kind of stuck there. So. Depending on your fuel level, and it's always important to keep a full tank of gas, um, try to stay above half to prepare for those situations. Uh, but in the car as well, because even if you may be in one of the pileups and your car becomes disabled, you can't run the engine to keep the heat going. Uh, you want to have blankets, old coats, um, the little uh, compact emergency blankets, the like space blankets, oh, uh, work okay. really well to keep your body heated and keep you warm. Um, food and water, and, and be mindful not just of you as a driver, but all the passengers you may have in your vehicle. Uh, typically, most of us are solo in our cars back and forth to work. Uh, when we're traveling for holidays, we have family or friends that are with us. So be mindful of who else may be with you. So prepare for everybody in the car. Emergency flares, reflective triangles are important to have, especially like snow squalls coming through. Visibility is going to be reduced quite a bit. Uh, if you're off to the side of the road, a flare is going to be a very bright orange kind of just beacon for anybody coming down the roadway to know where you're at. An old cell phone. Uh, regardless if it has, you know, if it's under contract or has a service plan, charged up, all phones, without being activated, will still dial 911. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So having that in the car and a charger and a, a way to, to power it up um, is helpful to have. And, of course, flashlights and things so you have something to see what you're doing if you happen to be in the dark. So I guess I was thinking, you know, maybe perhaps a shovel or um, sometimes you may have heard about keeping kitty litter in your trunk in case your oh, wheels that, get stuck. Yeah, it is helps to, to kind of keep them so... Yeah. To give you a little bit of traction, I think, that yeah, way. kitty litter and sand. There's a, there's a lot of commercial devices that are out, out right now that are commercially available devices for traction. They're like little plastic panels you can shove under the tires to help you get up and out of a, a spot you're in. Oh, can you use your... Um, mats yep you can the use car mats. mats something to just kind of if you're if the tire spins for a while it's going to freeze the snow that's underneath you and make it a little patch of ice so if you just get back into some other snow you mm-hmm. might be able to gain traction to yeah. get out of where you're at i think a lot of highway safety patrols recommend you don't try to get yourself unstuck because you being outside the car is, oh. is much more dangerous than being inside the mm. car um so depending on the situation you're in if you're in a safe area, there's not a lot of traffic. That may be your best option is to try to dig yourself out if you get stuck on a snowbank. Uh, but on, on the highways and stuff, I'd be very careful of what's going on around you because if you got stuck, likely somebody else is going to be heading that same direction. In a situation like what we've had here recently with these whiteouts and snow squalls, what's your advice to people driving? I know we, you know, we always tell people 
to give distance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having been in these snow squalls, I really see the difference when you don't have any kind of lead time between you and the vehicle in front of you. But what's your advice for people heading out in that kind of weather? When you're hit with a snow squall all of a sudden and you have a whiteout condition, you can't see what's happening in front of you. Um, turn your hazards on. Um, that's going to increase the visibility of your vehicle for those behind you. Uh, slow down and uh, just try to keep focused on what's in front of you and uh, be prepared for stopping or swerving or, or getting out of the way of an obstruction in front of you. Um, in worst case, if you're really uncomfortable and probably the safest bet is to just get off the highway, um, not necessarily off to the side of the highway, but exit the highway and find a rest area or a gas station that you can kind of wait it out because typically they're not going to last very long. What's the difference between snow tires, regular tires? Do you really need snow tires? Snow tires make a really big difference. Well, in recent years, I've been in four-wheel drives. Yeah, uh, even in, in four-wheel drives, um, in, in our area being it's a very mountainous area, we have a lot of customers, even with their all-wheel drive vehicles, are, are getting snow tires. Um, a snow tire is built specifically for colder temperatures. The rubber is made to stay pliable in temperatures below freezing, so there's flexibility there. The tread blocks of the tires have um, small little slits in them called siping that allows the tread block to open up in the snow to improve your traction. Uh, that makes a, a big difference when you're trying to get through some, even if it's a plowed road, if there's hard packed snow, it really helps to improve traction. Um, in an all-wheel drive car, it can be the difference of being able to get up a hill or not being able to get up the hill. And a lot of our two-wheel drive or front-wheel drive Honda models, um, our customers from personal experience, Snow tires, they have no problems um, in the snow. Oh, so even in a two-wheel drive, yeah, makes, makes it, that big makes of a, a difference. big difference. Yeah, a vehicle that we had gotten Megan a few years back, uh, we bought it used with snow tires, and I was not a big fan of them. And we were coming back from Philadelphia the one night, and they had the highway closed, and the the state patrolman looked at my uh, tires and said, "Oh, you're good to go." Oh, really? Yeah, we, we drove up up and over a snow-covered mountain that they hadn't plowed yet with absolutely no problem. Oh, that's excellent. So even in a two-wheel drive, yes, so made a big difference. Like, for me, too, a big part of it is practice. I think people don't practice so much mm -hmm. in, like, bad weather driving anymore. But I had a niece recently where uh, she she's 20, so she's been driving. But her mother, when, when there's bad weather, she'll, like, drive her to work or she'll have someone else drive her to work. And she was out of town. She said, can you take, you know, Paige to work? And I was like can't she drive in the snow? And she's like, no, she doesn't drive in the snow. So before work, I went early. And I was like, guess what? There's an empty parking lot with snow. And we are going to drive around. We're going to do, like, we're going to, like, spin around. We're going to do whatever. Hit the brakes. Because I want you to feel the snow. Yeah. I want you to get used to what this feels like. Because I think that's another thing that you deal with maybe as drivers that just don't give themselves enough experience. That's, that's a great idea. It's something I've actually told customers at our dealership before. Uh, when they come from another model with all-wheel drive, it may work differently than our Honda model or vice versa. I mean, every every vehicle manufacturer, the all-wheel drive systems work a little bit differently. If you can find a, a parking lot that you know the areas and obstructions that may be under the snow, and uh, and I guess if you get permission to do that. Yeah, I, had, I, I knew, I knew <laughs> yeah. the neighbors because it was a yeah. restaurant that was empty and we know them. So yeah. I was like, yeah. It's a, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great <laughs> Otherwise, idea. you're like out there like, woohoo, doing <laughs> yeah. donuts in somebody's show. Yeah. For, for a new driver, um, they really need the experience. And, and anybody that even has been a seasoned driver in the snow, it's good to know how your vehicle is going to behave and, and what reactions it's going to have to certain situations. And that way you're ready to know what the car is going to do um, before you're in the situation and you don't know how to handle it. Any other advice you want to give us uh, that we haven't talked about as far as dealing with, you know, bad weather, preparedness, kind of winterizing your vehicle? 
I think really getting your car to a, a, a reputable um, repair shop, have them check things over, batteries, tires, brakes, just, just to know the car's in good mechanical operation um, is your best bet. And then prepare yourself um, both by having a, an emergency kit inside the vehicle that you can access and then also knowing the route you're going to travel um, and prepare to make secondary routes as well. Okay. And having that gas tank full. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that if for some reason you do get stuck, you're good to go for a while. Yeah. It's important to have heat. Yeah, I tend to like heat in the uh, wintertime. It's a good thing. So. Definitely helpful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Mike and Megan, for Thank sitting down for and me. talking about uh, how to be prepared. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Everybody drive safely. We want to thank our guest and also thank you for listening. And next week we have a really interesting historical look back at Pearl Harbor and how weather may have had an impact on that. Andy, we're going to be talking to Evan Myers. Yeah, the 77th anniversary of the uh, devastating attack on Pearl Harbor uh, coming up on December 7th. So stay tuned for it. We're going to take a look into what happened and how weather could have played a factor. So be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit AccuWeather.com slash podcast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.